0: Welcome along to the, the latest edition episode of the official Korean FC podcast uh, with your host here, I'm Damien Mullen, um, and I'm joined as ever by my co-conspirator, Johnny McNabb. Um, Johnny, you and I, we've, uh, we've got a busy week, two weeks ahead of us. Um,
1: it's going to be busy, isn't it? Yeah, um, I was looking obviously at the fixtures, we bought the, the March um, graphic on our socials this week, and uh, yeah, seven games. Um, crazy. Uh, five of them, obviously, away from home. Two at home. We already had one of them, obviously, last night. So, yeah, it's going to be a busy, um, busy month for us in March. It's going to make or break our season, um, really, if, if you think about it. Um, maybe not, maybe not such a it, but in terms of it would give us a lot of momentum if we could go three and cup and win one more of the cups as well. So, yeah, exciting times. And that's why you, you want to be involved with football. And that's why, Corian, they have given us a lot of that in recent years. And, and here's hoping that we can get over the line and have and more success to, to follow. And, it, and it, it, it's, a bit, it's a bit mad, isn't it? As you say, we had the Larn match last night, finished
0: in a one-all draw, thanks to Matthew Shevlin's late equaliser. Today, we're recording this on Wednesday with we a press conference to preview the League Cup final, which is on March 13th, I think it is. Friday night, we're back in Belfast for the Irish Cup quarterfinal against Cliftonville. And on the next Tuesday, it's a Crusaders league game squeezed in amongst all that I mean as a journalist and as a supporter it can be quite confusing
1: tiring whatever you like to call it I mean can you feel for the players and the management yeah of course and I have to echo what Lauren said last night after the game in terms of squeezing the Larn game in last night I thought that was pretty harsh um, to be totally honest especially considering Clifford didn't play last night either Um, so it's going to make it even tougher for a part-time team to Playing on, on a Tuesday and a Friday night, but hopefully, we can reap the benefits from that come the tail end of the month where you know we might play a team who've actually had a midweek game as well. So, yeah, probably all even, obviously you have to play 38 games and 33 before the league split, so all leaves itself out. But it's, it's, a, it's a monumental shift, and it's going to be weird asking. Um, obviously, this podcast will be out tomorrow, so <laughs> it's going to be weird asking questions. Um, to I think it's London tonight about a cup final, even though we've two games beforehand, so yeah, it's pretty hard to keep up. Um, pretty busy on the media side of things as well but look um it's, it's a sign of a successful team if you're busy and if you've got a lot of games to look forward to so yeah look Cleveland on Friday is the next one um and look we need a far better performance up there than we did the last time but um here's hoping the own and, and the players have a plan and, and then get through.
0: Yeah, as you say, you know, it'd be a worse situation if we didn't have these games, you know, you'd be complaining then that yes. you weren't in the cup competitions, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a busy time, as I said, for, for journalists, for the players and the management. But I have to say, it's also a very busy time for our special guest on the podcast today. Um, and that's none other than the renowned football statistician, Marshall Gillespie. I mean, Marshall, I think we were speaking just before we started recording there and as much as the players are busy and, and everybody else you've also been busy because you're the guy that provides most of the stats or the majority of the stats to people like ourselves and the broadcasters like the bbc so it is a busy time for you isn't it
2: yeah firstly thanks for having me on um you're welcome. Yeah, it's good to have you on good it's uh yeah it's extremely busy um you know like uh, i'll do these stats for the bbc We've got a game, obviously, as you said, like, you know, Friday night. So I'll have those stats finished um, for them uh, today. And uh, like when you get games on a Friday, Tuesday, Friday, that's extremely busy for me. Right. Because that's just part of my job uh, because I work for the Irish FA as well. So I'm fitting in their work. And I also do other because I'm freelance. You know, I got other jobs in too. And the amount of requests I get daily, you know, not only from you, Johnny, like, you know, but from other people as well is uh, amazing. You know, so I literally, you can ask me why, but I literally work in here from early morning to late at night sometimes and uh, seven days a week and especially weekends, like, you know, it's just horrendous. But, you know, as soon as the games are finished on a, a Saturday or Friday or Tuesday, whenever they're played, I got, Date all my programs, so the stats are instant because I'm obviously going to have to use them uh, the next day, and you can see by some of the tweets, you know, uh, that I put out. Like, uh, to do that, you have to have your stats uh, up to date as soon as possible.
0: It's incredible. I mean, anybody, and and I would imagine a lot of people listening to this podcast and people involved in Irish League football will know the work that you do. I mean. Your, your tweets, etc. As you say, they're so up to date. I mean, if somebody scores a goal, for example, or something happens in a particular game, you know, you're there straight away, sort of letting us know and putting the, the whole thing into context. I mean, that, that's an enormous undertaking, Marshall.
2: It is, but uh, like the the one uh, uh, Cole Ryan sort of related last night was uh, Ben Doherty. You know when he <laughs> scored, and that was you know uh, the third game in a row he scored against Cole Rain since leaving the Showgrounds in the summer. And you know, but then I had that ready because I'd already seen that. You know by uh, doing some of the stats, and uh, you know that was already fresh in the head. Like you know, and just by chance he scored, and uh, but yeah, like it's it's a huge undertaking. But I've been doing it for like. Compiling stats for about 36, 37 years now. And uh, it's there. So, that's what you know, when people come back to me and say, like, you know, have you got the lineups for the game against Coleraine, Cliftonville in 1987? You know, and I'll just <laughs> look up me, Uh not spreadsheet, you know, but uh, I've got loads of files here, you know, from going back in the 80s and uh, I'll have the information there.
0: Very good. And Johnny, Marshall mentioned you there. How, how often do you get in p- contact with Marshall and how useful is he to somebody like you who works obviously within a media industry and also works as the club's social media as well?
1: Yeah I'm sure when Marshall sees the, the DMs going on Twitter he's thinking he probably, <laughs> probably, probably rolls his eyes and goes oh here we go again but no it's 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 a massive help Um like we're very very blessed to have a great club historian in Humber as well and and yeah. hunter, you know, and if I three day hunt, if I can't get three to hunter, I'll, I'll message Marshall as well. So the two of them are like an encyclopedia, and I. It seems like you ne-
2: it seems like you're never able to get through the hunter. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know,
1: And what are you joking, Johnny, what are you joking? It's um, but no, they they're both brilliant and a massive, massive hope. And yeah, it's, it's, it's usually you know if a substitution time or goals and. A big thing as well on our website is whenever we sign a player, we need their stats from their last um, club. So Marshall is all that D. T. For example, Andrew Mitchell at his time at Glenavon or sorry Glen Torrens. So yeah, it's it's yeah, and we do a lot of down memory lane stuff as well. And maybe there's a sub I haven't got or you know a, a lineup that I need or whatever. And Marshall's when too glad to help, which is a fantastic help. And and yes, yeah, the stuff is is crazy. And obviously, I keep the stats for Corian in terms of appearances. And there's obviously there's been a times there's been a an adjustment needed here and there but um, to do that for every team <laughs> going back years takes some time and commitment and I don't have I have very little hair left but whatever I did have I would have but by, by, <laughs> by, by the time I'd be done so uh, but, uh,
0: fair play to you um, You mentioned Marcel you, you've been doing it for the 30 plus years or whatever but I, I'd be interested in how, how and why did you start I mean uh, how do you start something like that and I bet you never thought when you started that you'd be doing it to the extent that you're doing it now so long
2: later. Well, in the former life, I was a, a nurse. I was a um, trained nurse for people with uh, learning disabilities. And I did that for 17 years. But in the latter years of that, while I was uh, nursing, I was also compiling yearbooks. And uh, was one of my ambitions to always actually compile uh, like a Rothman's edition uh, for the Irish League. And uh, I was, luckily enough, I was able to do that um, for three or four. Well, actually, I think i ended end up doing about 13 books, all told. Um, but from that, I started to get to know uh, some of the journalists, uh, like Stephen Beacom at The Telegraph, John Laverty. And, uh, you know, from there, when I decided to give up nursing and go freelance and do it as a full-time job, I was uh, lucky enough for Stephen and John to actually give me my own column in the... Um, Belfast Telegraph the Friday night preview in Irish League games and it sort of took off from there and um, you know I've worked for various organisations and uh, websites and uh, worked for a uh, football scouting company up in Birmingham Scout 7 for 10 years um, did a lot of work with them, made a lot of contacts and uh, then when I left them um, I, to, I got more and more into Irish League and Northern Ireland and uh, you know providing information for people and uh, it's just taken off from there, really. And it
0: just keeps going. I mean, I was just thinking when you were saying that, I mean, what would be the strangest request that you've ever had? Because you've said you've worked for various people. So, well, I mean, what would be the strangest kind of request? Mm-hmm. Apart from Johnny's, obviously.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're hard to beat. Um oh. I don't, I don't know, like, every request is uh, different, you know, like, uh, it's amazing what uh, people actually, were, you know, are asking, like, uh, since lockdown, I think it's become uh, more prevalent, you know, because of Twitter, and I was putting a lot more stuff on Twitter, like, you know, those old photographs, as people had seen, and uh, more stats, because uh, people had tied in their hands and they were reading it, and it really took off then, and, you know, the amount of people coming, Old players or ex players, I should say, um, you yeah. know, coming back to me and to asking me uh, what their career was, you know, how many games they played and goals they scored, and you know that's uh, I even get, you know, Jim uh, Jim McGonigle um, was uh, a great one for getting to me and says how many goals was scored now, like you know and. Um, the every other week and but, I that, get, I that, get, that
1: wouldn't be like Jamie Johnny shirt sure, wouldn't yeah. it uh, no. he knows how many goals he scored before he even asked
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah he's just double checking but like I, I did have one the other week uh, a player not na- name names but a player came to me and uh, asked me uh, you know um, how many games had uh, the particular club he's playing for one while he started right and uh, I did it and then when I did it, he says, Oh well, that's good because I'm able to go to the manager in the morning and show him these stats. And I thought, Well, I didn't do it for that particular age. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether it was joking or not. Like, you know. But um, yeah, so you do you get weird and wonderful. Like I do get um people from Italy, Germany, and you know, statisticians from all over asking for things. And um I do I try to help as much as I can, but obviously, you know, times uh, sort of beats me sometimes like, you know, and I'm not able to, you know, they're looking lists and lists and lists, you know, I just haven't the time to do that, even though I might have the information there.
0: But that's it. You can't, you can only do so much for people. You're not yeah. going to give them everything. But um, we started and we were talking, Johnny and I, at the very start of the podcast, really about the busy week coming up for Corian and, and the games. And that obviously starts Friday night against Cliftonville, and it kind of finishes with the League Cup final against Cliftonville as well. I mean, in terms of, can you give any stats to us to to give a little bit of encouragement to Korean supporters because we haven't beaten Corey in this, or sorry, we haven't beaten Cliftonville this season yet. So we're 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 we're, we're clinging, we're clinging, we're look, we're clutching for straws here.
2: <laughs> right. Well, if you want some stats, like for Friday night, I think since the war. Um, Colrain and Cliftonville have met six times, right, in the Irish Cup. And, uh, Cliftonville have only ended up winners on one, one occasion. Right. And that was 1979, but that was the year they actually went on to win the Irish Cup. Right. So, but every other time they've actually played, uh, Cole Rain have come out on top. So there and you go. Course,
1: and
0: of course, Johnny, the most recent... Time that that happened was you remember <laughs> that
1: one well? I do, of course. I do, of course. I do. I'll never, I'll never forget that one. Um, but I, uh, obviously, for anybody uh, who doesn't remember, yes, yeah, uh, 2018, how, you can, how can you forget? Obviously, the, the wonder goal by, by Darn and and obviously Burnsy come on and scored, and then the, the late one with Skinner in the top off, and Oren running down the touchline, and everyone else. So, yeah, I, that final we spoke about before. I, the, the thing I always remember is Adam Mullins tackle on one each. Um, because obviously he was on the booking and they would have been sent off and they would have had a penalty and everyone else. So, yeah, great day. That team deserved the trophy and they probably deserved the league. It remained the cup as well. So, yeah, great day. Um, else. Do you think, given, given the fact that Marshall just told us that they only
0: won one set of I think it was five or six, will that would will, will something like that prey on Cliftonville's mind, do you think, Johnny? Particularly as well, that they have, and we've talked, I think, to Tommy McCallion in a previous podcast, about this thing about the Irish Cup, they almost feel that there's like almost like a, a hoodie over Cliftonville in the Irish Cup going back many years. I mean, would that prey in Paddy
1: McLaughlin, the players' minds? Do you think going into Friday? I think in terms of the red word against Korean, probably not. No, not in the Irish Cup. Oh, I think. Man. You know, Too much for that, there, <laughs> unfortunately, not. No, um, they probably just think in the last few recent games where they've had the probably upper hand over us, but as well as that, there probably is a hoodoo with the Irish Cup. I think you know, everyone would admit that 1979 was the last time they won it, and there's probably extra pressure there in terms of trying to get over the line and, and winning it. So, hopefully, we can use that to our advantage. We've got a good cup record in, in recent years, um, and well, apart from last year, um, so but before that, we'd reached what was it, semi finals and finals and stuff like that, there. So... Yeah, no mean that continue as well. I think, you know, it means you know, the Irish Cup means a lot to both teams. Um they'll be they want them to they they progress obviously and continue their great season. Whereas for us it's it's another avenue for Europe as well. So yeah, hopefully we can we can get over the line. And but in terms of a head to head or something, I probably don't think so. It's, it's, it's you know, when the times moved on now and else. But hopefully we can hopefully it's one out of one out of what, seven of that then the seventh meeting. So hopefully they've only won once out of seven. <laughs> I think Marshall. One of the more worrying things from a Korean perspective,
0: and in, in terms of supporters at least, is Clif- Cliftonville's very, very impressive home record. I mean, they have proved formidable opponents at Solitude this year, haven't they? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't think have they lost there this year? Yeah,
2: they've, they've played 22 matches at Solitude this season and won 18 of them. You know, and uh, drawn one and lost three. You Know so, but yeah, it's a tremendous record at Solitude, and but going back to Col Rain, like you know, Col Rain have reached the semi final Irish Cup in four of the last five seasons, you know, so that will stand them in good stead, you know, on Friday night. Um, but yeah, it is going to be tough, uh, for Col Rain, uh, going to Solitude, and uh, Cliftonville seem to have such a, a strong squad this season, and um, you know, and you know from a Coleraine point of view I think Coleraine have been a little bit inconsistent this season you know they've had good runs and they've had bad runs and you know it just it just hasn't been theirs in previous seasons.
0: Although the fact that you mentioned I think four semi-finals in the last five years and even yeah. speaking to Orn after the one one draw last night against Larne Matthew Shevlin scoring an added time but Orn said something interesting. He said that he could see the character, and he was talking about the business end of the season, and he was talking as if this is now when Koreans start to show what they're all about, and I, I guess that ties in with what you're saying in terms of getting to semi-finals of the Irish Cup. Obviously, they're in the final of the League Cup this year. They were in the final of the League Cup when it was last played, and I guess Marshall, that shows you that Korean and their players have developed that. Ability, that knack of getting through games like this, even maybe they're not playing well, but they can still get the, the job done.
2: Yeah, I think like you know, I'm not, I'm saying you know, probably from their perspective, from Orange's perspective, it's actually been maybe a poor season uh, league-wise this season. But uh, when it comes to the Cups, and um, they have been good in the Cups in recent years. And, and in that, like, you know, the finished runners up in the league in the last couple of seasons as well. You know, so you can't argue with that. But yeah, I think, you know... Maybe it was not being able to play their opening games at home. Maybe that had an effect on them at the start of the season. Uh, would that have been different? Would it have accumulated more points at the start of the season if they'd been able to play games at the showgrounds? I don't know. Um, but yeah, it just seemed to take them a little time to get going this year. And, um, you know, they have been, and saying that, like, you know, they keep clean sheets um, very well. Like, you know, I think, I can't remember, I think it's 19 clean sheets uh, Gareth Dean has had this year you know, which is tremendous. And, um, you know, but I think it's just at the other end, uh, you know, being able to put them way. Like, I know Matthew Shevlin's had a, got 19 goals uh, this season, you know, and James McLaughlin's had a few injury problems. Got Andy Mitchell back in now. Uh, Owen Bradley's not getting any younger, you know, but he's he, he'll come off the bench. And um, Curtis Allen's had his injury problems as well, like, you know, it's coming back. You know, so all these factors taken into account, you know,
0: I think, I think that's a good point, Johnny, what Marshall's saying, because Matthew Shevlin, 19 goals, and I guess there's those things that Marshall's saying about the injuries and stop-start nature of the season for the remaining strikers. And I think, and maybe it was mentioned last night, that we're not quite sure if Warren just kind of knows his best attacking formation at the moment, Johnny. Would Would that be fair to say?
1: Yeah, I would like to know um the last time we played the same two strikers up front in a, on a consistent um, game. So there's a there's one for, for there's a bit of homework for, for Marshall. Um but no, I think you have to factor in a few things as well. You know, James McLaughlin was coming back from an injury um, sustained in the Northwest Cup game and must be in early September. Um and I think it took more time to heal and he was actually back earlier than expected. Curtis Allen came to Korean with an injury and then came back and then suffered an injury, played with a broken, was a bone in his foot, which again was going to take more time to come back from. You then have Skinner, who Marshall isn't getting any younger, and he was also away getting married. And then you fight around Sheva, who's carried the can then, why those three haven't been available. And then Andrew Mitchell has come in, who probably hasn't kicked much football in the two years at Glen So it's a balancing act as well with a tough schedule. And, you know, clean sheets for Korean and defensively have never really been a problem. Yeah, we can see that the odd soft goal here and there. But if you look, I think our clean sheet record at home is very, very good, especially at home. And uh, we just can't take our chances. And it's just, you know, and we've created. You even look at Boxing Day as well. You look at the second half against Balamina, um as well. We're just not putting the ball in the back of the net, and and that's the that's the, that's the hardest thing in football: is scoring goals. And so yeah. I, to be honest, I don't even know what our best striker force is either. And that's watching Korean every week. I, I, I don't know. I think, you know, James, an unbelievable finisher, Curtis, you know, they've all got their different attributes. And I think it's just up to the, them just to the click. I think that's what Warren's trying. I think he's just <laughs> testing the testing the water and, and seeing um what, what he can do. And and to go back on a point they debate they to what Marshall was saying about the league, you know, it's very, very competitive this year and and yeah, we probably have been a little bit inconsistent as well. We started well, and then that blip in November, December, just really derailed the, probably our momentum. And I don't think we've won away in the league, or won away actually at all since October in Sky. Uh,
2: Carrick Rangers.
1: Uh, Carrick Rangers in the League Cup as well. I think it was the last time we won in the league. Um, Or in, in, in all competitions, was Carrick in the League Cup. Yeah. Um, but I think our last one a league away from him was Crusaders in Sky. So... Uh, That's probably a wee bit of a concern, but again, look, um, get a top side in a good cup run and and see where it can take us. We we may have the European playoff, we have an Irish Cup. You you just don't know. There's still plenty they play for, so um, yeah, probably inconsistency and maybe not finding the best two strikers or a strike force that can can work is probably a fair assumption. I think you know, in contrast to that, Marshall,
0: you look at Cliftonville, for example, and they have a very settled-looking team in terms of almost right throughout the team. And at the top end of the pitch, what we're talking about, they have in a player like G- Jamie McDonough, who arguably is one of the standout players in the league this year and is a massive, massive threat to Korean on Friday night.
2: Yeah, like Jimmy, I was surprised, actually, Jimmy uh, sort of left Lentorn, um, you know, in my eyes. And... Uh, you know, he's 21, 21 assists this season, which is tremendous. And he's weighed in, with, I think, about six goals as well. You know, but you look at, at Cliftonville's strike force, you know, Joe Gormley's not getting a look in the minute. And, uh, you know, you got Ryan Curran up there. He's got 20 goals this season. And, um, you know, you look at Cliftonville's bench, and it's quite strong this year. You know, and there's established players there at the club not getting a look in. And, you know, you have to take into account they've been missing Liam Bagnall all season uh, as well. They've been missing Michael McCrudden, you know, all three injury, you know, so I, I think a lot's been made of the part-time and full-time, um you know, discussion this year. But I think Cliftonville have proved that, you know, okay, probably a part-time club, but they're still maybe and three times a week, you know, uh, if they don't have a midweek match, you know, so they're training Three, ta- three times a week. So they're going out there. They have got a good squad. They've got um, depth in the squad. Uh, and they seem to be strong in all departments. And uh, I think they're a real threat this year for you know the Irish League Championship. Yeah,
0: I was going to ask you, because you're a keen observer, probably more so than most. And this year's league, while it's probably whittled down to the three teams, Linfield, Glen Torn, and Cliftonville, can you see the situation, Marshall? That this could be one of the most competitive leagues that there has been in, in recent times, because there are very, very little to separate the leading three clubs. There isn't there?
2: Yeah, like, and uh, if you look at it, yeah, it's going to it's a three horse race now, like uh, between Glens and Linfield and Cliftonville, and um, Glens again are looking very strong. And I think last season, people were expecting a lot from Glen Torn because of the amount of players they got in. And but I think it's taken them a while for those players to bed into the team. And I think this again, they didn't have the greatest starts, but uh, I think they've come to the fore now. And like they've got the best um attack force in the in the league, in my opinion. And um, I Linfield are still there, right? Uh, but in my opinion, they they lost too many players last season, like Andy Waterworth and Mark Haughey, Stafford, Shane Lavery. You know, and even though even though Christy Manzinga's come in uh, and scored a lot of goals this season, uh, I think they've brought they've had to bring too many players in, especially lone players and stuff. Um, and I don't think they've settled into the team. They haven't been firing in all cylinders, but they're still there. And I think the one thing that Linfield have got going for them, they've been there and done it before. You know, they know what it takes to win league titles, even though they're not playing their best football maybe this season. You know, they're still going to be a big threat. And Cliftonville, you know, I think Cliftonville shouldn't discount them at all because if the other two slip up, you know, Cliftonville will be there. And uh, could it be come the end of this season, Cliftonville will be regretting the sort of like the late goals have conceded in recent matches, you know, where they've dropped a couple of points. And uh, here and there, which, you know, in games they should have actually won. And um, you know, it, it's really hard. I'm not. I'm not sitting on the fence, like because no. you know, it's just difficult. <laughs> but if you had to push me, I would probably say it'll be Thorn, Linfield, and Cliftonville. But I say there would probably only be three, four points between the three of them.
0: Yeah, I mean, Johnny, you and I have talked at length different times about this the scenario that we're talking about, and what Marshall's saying. You've mentioned it before that linfield have been forced to go and get lone players in and they're not really versed in the linfield way if you like and and you know they don't get enough time to come in and, and, and make an impression so i love you. see it's johnny would you would you say it's between the top three i guess you would wouldn't you but what, yeah God, after...
1: <laughs> yeah of course um i said horn probably from november december time so I'm not gonna go against that. Um, so I'll go with for Champions and I go for Cliffold to finish second and then third. I think, yeah, like Liverpool have brought in a lot of players in January, a lot of loan players. I, I just loans are okay, but they're just a quick solution. Um, I don't think there's, you know, is a loan player going to give that a little bit. Extra, I'm not too sure. Um would be my um would be my assumption on that. I think you can nearly bring in too many players alone. I think that's the case. I think I looked at Cliffinville's fixtures, they have a tough one obviously on Tuesday night against Contour. Uh sorry, on Saturday against
2: no, sorry, Sa- yeah,
1: Tuesday next, Tuesday night against torn But then I think they're three games after that are away from home, and I think they're mostly winnable. Um I think they've Glenavon poured it down Dungannon. not in that order, but um those three coming up after that. So Bit heart in nine points there, um, as well. So, look, it's going to come down to this league split. We've been involved with title races before with Corian, and that's where the, you know the bread and butter is when they play against each other. I haven't worked out the schedule of who will play who you and stuff, um, but I know if we finish top six, we'll be at home to Clifton Bowl, uh, away to Limfield, and at home to Glint Horn. So, we'll, we'll obviously in the title race, as well, you know, the other teams who hopefully finish in the top six, like Salarn and, and Crusader. So, yeah, um, but. I'm not going to sit in the fence either, and I'm going to stick with the lens. Very good. But one thing we can say with a
0: lot of certainty, Johnny and Marshall, I think we'll talk about that as well, is the fact that reflecting on the increased competition on the field, we've seen that reflected in the attendances as well. I mean, it's been well documented over this season the increase in spectators at a lot of the clubs, probably the majority of the clubs, and I mean Johnny, we have seen a, a Twitter a tweet from Marshall this morning, which made
1: for very interesting reading, didn't it? Yeah, obviously um, 909 and 1617, they were 2,000 and um, this season in terms of average attendance. Um, I just put up an Instagram story there that I'm pay raise, right? so hopefully I get a few bites um, from that there. But no, listen. It's testament to absolutely everyone at the club for that for that raise and figures. Um, Oren and the players on the pitch delivering the results and fans coming out in the, in the droves. And I think, you know, I think fans are appreciating um, what they didn't have probably through COVID um, in terms of, you know, missing out in football. And Corian have done really well the last three or four years. They've won, you know, the Irish Cup and the League Cup, finished second. Two or three times they've had great results in Europe. Um and they're now spending money in the pitch and trying to improve the facilities and everything else. So yeah, long may it continue um as well. It's great to see, it's great to see the show rounds bouncing. Um it's great to see many people around the club. And and I've mentioned this in the podcast endless times, and I know you'll echo me here, Damon, but I don't think I've ever walked down Port Strand or Castle Rock or Port Rush or anywhere without seeing a Korean top or a Korean hat or anything to do with the club. And, and that's what you want, it's a community club where we've got we're in exact. We're in such a fantastic hub, um, um because you know we're the only top flight <laughs> club within the I know a big radius. If you know what I mean, and it's great to see. It's great to see fans coming out, and and yeah, hopefully we can hopefully we can repay them, and the players can repay them with, with a trophy and uh, this year. Yeah, <clears throat> Marshall, that tweet that I referred to, you had put out out this morning. I
0: mean that that's a hell of a rise in an average attendance for for Coraine, isn't it?
2: Yeah, like, you know, I think, I haven't, as I said earlier, I don't think I've gone through the figures in detail uh, to see if it's the biggest rise. But, uh, you know, just off the top of my head, I'm just looking at the spreadsheet now. It looks like no other club has as big uh, biggest an increase as Coleraine have, you know. And um, I, think, I think lockdown probably did the Irish League a lot of good because of the BBC. I'm not saying that because I do work for them. But I think, <laughs> you know, the BBC coming in and um, doing live stream games, you know, uh, you know, the product on the pitch is uh, getting better and better. You know, I think the structure of the league is good. Um, you know, you're getting uh, full-time clubs now, three full-time clubs here. Um, everything off the pitch is improving. Uh, you know, like, uh, I think nearly every club now uh, use Wisecout, uh, you know, for preparation for their games and uh, they've all got analysts, uh, you know, it's a lot more professional off the pitch these days, you know, every every club has got a heck of a coaching team, you know, they've got goalkeeper coaches and uh, just everything, you know, like 10, 12 years ago, this would have been unheard of, you know, so there's a more professional league at the minute, and I think as I said, the product's very good, and I think now the Irish League has proven to be a pathway for younger players to actually make the step up and move across the water, as we've seen, you know, with the likes of Shane Lavery, which was, you know, people looking at Shane Lavery coming back to the Irish League, they probably thought, you know, from Everton, they thought, well, that's it, he's going to be, remain in the Irish League. But his ambition was to actually move back across the water, and he's done it, and he set the ground running with Blackpool this year. He's got 10 goals for Blackpool. You know, and he went straight into that side. Trey Hume, you know, straight into the Sunderland squad. Like, you know, and that's an achievement. Uh, Oshin Smith going there and he's straight into the uh, Oxford United squad. All right, they had a few injuries and stuff. But, you know, you can see him getting a few games before the end of the season. You know, the likes of Gavin White, Joel Cooper, Liam Boyce. All these players have, you know, been grounded in the Irish League. Brad Lyons as well up at Kilmarnock. You know, they've all had a good ground in the Irish League. They get 100, 150 games under them playing men's football. And then they go over 21, 22, and they go over to the English clubs, Scottish clubs, and they're able to walk straight into, more or less straight into these uh, squads now. And, uh, you know, if they've got the ability, uh, you know, they'll get regular first-team action.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's it's a, it's an important point that you make, Marshall, because Gareth McCauley, the former Korean and Northern Ireland defender... Yeah was at the showgrounds last Friday to do with a national lottery and they should have about free tickets for matches. And he said exactly the same. And of course, Garth had personal experience of that, having played for Korean, won the Irish Cup in 2003, and then left and went to Lincoln. Uh, and then from Lincoln, he obviously went through the clubs, through the leagues, had a great career with Northern Ireland. But that was exactly what Big G was saying. And I mean, you you also work, you mentioned at the top, but you work with the IFA. So, I mean, you see that more than most. Probably you're, you're quite aware of the, the progress of players.
2: Yeah, like uh, one of my roles is uh, with the IFA is uh, I do a couple of spreadsheets for them every week. And, uh, you know, on a, a Saturday. I'll be looking Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'll be looking for all our players and it doesn't matter what level they're playing at, like, you know, so from the Premier League right down to Scottish League 2, you know, I'll detail all this in a spreadsheet, how many games have played, goals have scored, uh, how many minutes on the pitch and accumulate all that throughout the season. Also, detail again uh, for Ian Barclough, you know, how many uh, players are injured, how long, long been injured for, how long they're out for, what the injury is. Um, so, that helps his you know physios and doctors you know to have this information and i do that like for the uh, our players playing under 23 and under 18 level as well i do that once a week and you know do that for jared little and joe schofield and uh, other coaches and uh, also uh, keep an eye on the irish league for them and they're quite you know, uh, some people say like the uh, Irish League is neglective on the international um, front, but uh, it's not really because they do. Uh, I know for a fact the coaches do keep an eye on uh, young players coming up through the Irish League because, especially what I do is like, you know, I'll do a spreadsheet, you know, maybe once a month for the guys and, um, you know, any players of 2021 20, uh, who are playing regularly in the Irish League, I'll put this out and put it in the spreadsheet. So, you know, the, like our under 19, under manager, be able to look and see if there's any outstanding players there. And if you look at any of the underage squads, you'll see, you'll, you'll always see some of the good Irish League players coming through in that, as well as uh, some of the players we have across the water, because you can get maybe a uh, 19 20-year-old who'll be playing under-23 Premier League uh, week in, week out with, uh, you know, Liverpool, Manchester United or you Nottingham know, Forest or whatever. And you'll get another 19, 20-year-old playing uh, week in, week out with the likes of Balamina, um, you know, Crusaders, Coleraine, Dungannon, you know, and they're playing men's football. And even though the, um, they're not across the water and some, sometimes people think, you know, oh, that guy's at Manchester United, so he has to be really good. But, you know, you bring him into a, a game playing against, uh, you know, an under 21 game playing against uh, a top rate international side. They may be out of their depth, but you put an Irish, uh, a young player who's got Irish league experience in there like Kofi Balmer. You know he's going to go in there. He's got the strength. He's got the experience, and he will come to the fore. You know, so Irish League players aren't neglected in that sense, and that's why I keep uh, the guys up to date with which players are actually coming through.
0: And I guess Johnny, one of one of those names would be our, our very own Patrick Kelly, PK, because he has featured. I think he actually captained the Northern Ireland Schoolboys squad uh, a recent international series in Jersey. Um, so he's captaining that under-18. But as Marshall rightly says, he's playing men's football. I think he's only 17 still, but he has shown in the games he has played, um, most recently last night against Larn, that he's more than capable. And the more games that he plays, Patrick, the better he seems to become. Johnny, would not be fair
1: to say. Yeah, when you watch PK, it's hard to believe he has that age. He plays far older than than what he... You know, he just reminds me of a Brad Lyons, I suppose. And if you actually look at our goal last night, he does so well because he lays the ball off to Josh, and Josh has a clean strike. He doesn't have to, you know, run on that. It wasn't over It just set perfectly for him. And, and yeah, um, funny you mentioned Northern Ireland because the centenary shield, I think, starts tomorrow. And so when this podcast starts today, and we have four players in the squad, so... <laughs> Um, we've Patrick there, we've Josh McFeely, Alex Henderson and uh, Lewis Tosh as well. And I know Josh and Lewis were on the bench on Tuesday night for the Larn game. So that's massive kudos to them and it shows that the, 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 what the hard work is at the at the academy setup and the youth setup. So, yeah, um, it's great to see, obviously. And I think as well, you, you look across, I think there's so many young players coming through. You look at Dungannon, we speak about them nearly every other week. And it's great to see so many players come over the water. And, yeah, look, I'm a Northern Ireland season ticket holder. and So many times he's got yep, he played for North, he played in Irish League, he played Irish League, you know, so it is, and I think, you know, when people go and watch it, it's far better than than what they think.
0: In terms of the international, Marshall, I mean, uh, Ian Barclough in charge now, I think, um, obviously a new series of games will be coming up very, very shortly. Uh, I mean, there will be a bit of a turnover in terms of players, but I mean, where where do you see Northern Ireland at at this particular moment in time? Are, Are they in a good place, do you think?
2: I think we're in a good place. Um, you know, I think uh, again not being biased here, but I think getting Ian in was a good move because you had that uh, easy transition. You know, from uh, Michael uh, leaving and Ian knew the setup. He knew uh, the guys at the under twenty one level. He knew a lot of young players coming through, and uh, I think it was it was good in that sense that there was a continuity uh, to have that, and uh, you know. Obviously, we're going to lose players are getting older from the 2016 squad, you know, and uh, like we're going to lose Stephen Davis and Johnny Evans uh, at some stage over the next maybe couple of years, if not sooner, you know. So it's about bringing the younger players through. And I think uh, Michael started this with the Nations League uh, when he was in charge and bringing the likes of Bailey Peacock Farrell and Jamal Lewis, who are now established internationals, you know, and it's about blood and players while you still got the experienced players there and blooding the younger ones and getting them that experience as well without having to make it, you know, you have a rash of retirements and then you're pushing four or five young players into it. And uh, you know, and that's just not the way to do it. And I think we have got a lot of uh, potential, and I could say potential, right? It's whether that potential is realized over the next two, three years. You know, like Daniel Ballard's come in, and, uh, you know, he's an established international, right? He'd be, you like, you know, sometimes you don't miss Johnny. You no, know, you always miss Johnny, but you know you feel like you wouldn't miss Johnny um, when Daniel's come in. He's like your old fashioned centre half, he just goes for everything you know, uh, Billy Peacock Farrell is getting better and better. You know, and now he'll be better even still because he's getting that regular first team football at Sheffield Wednesday. And, um, you know, we've got the potential of maybe Ethan Galbraith coming through eventually. He's got the season under his belt now at Doncaster Rovers playing uh, regular first team football. And uh, the likes of Dale Taylor, maybe a little bit early for him, but, you know, another couple of years down the line uh we'll get him uh coming through and so yeah the potential's there and i think i put out a tweet the other week there that uh, there's been at the minute there's 45 players who have come through the uh, club NI IFA Academy over the last few years who are actually now attached to uh, English and Scottish clubs. And you know, that's uh, immense credit to the IFA for you know getting this done and the players who are coming through, you know. And that's yes, that's another pathway and they are moving across the water and some are doing, uh, you know we've got more players going to um, Premier League clubs now and Championship clubs and making their mark there. You know, like Conor Bradley and that. And, I can uh, him, yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, the future is bright. I think um, we've got a tough Nations League group. Um, I think we've got a chance of making it uh, through to the sort of Germany in 2024. Um, you know, but I, I think it is, expectations of Northern Ireland fans have to be not too high, you know, and uh, I think it was good that we had a great performance against Italy, you know, and uh, the crowd was bouncing that night, like you know, and it was just like the old days. And, yes, you do, we have got the ability to actually still to win games, but we're not going to win every single game, you know. Um, we're going to come up against tough opposition, and I just think expectations need to be maybe a little bit lower amongst fans now.
0: Are you listening to that, Johnny? Are you going to temper your
1: expectations <laughs> now? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, in a similar way, they, I think more than Iron wee bit, like Corey, at times, really, really, really good defensively, but you just worry about <laughs> where we're going to score. And and yeah, yeah but no, there's a lot of good players going through. I, I do like Daniel Ballard. I think he's a good defender as well. And he takes a Kieran Brown there as well. Gavin White's still a young player, too. And,
0: you Hunter know, Bradley
1: was Hunter mentioned Bradley, there. A brilliant player um, as well. Gonna, he's going to be a good one, isn't he? Yeah, so you know, and you've got your boy from Leeds is McCallum, isn't it? So, uh, and that so and there's Charlie Allen as well, I Charlie think. Allen. At least. So, yeah, so look, there's you know plenty of young talent as well. And I think Barcloff point and, and sticking with him was the right decision. He needs time, you know. Michael Neal didn't work miracles at the start either, um as well. So yeah, expectations are probably for Northern is still bouncing up and down and, and, and Paris and Nice and all but you know it's you need to you need to have a bit of realisation as well, I suppose. And and yeah, obviously, I think the Nations League groups Greece, Kosovo, and Cyprus, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, plenty of good good trips there. And, and I'm sure the boys will be, I think, the next international breaks the the, the last weekend of March. I think they play Luxembourg away. So, um, yeah, just these days, I think, we find somebody that can, <laughs> can score consistently that Kyle Labrador all them times. So, as we qualify for Euro, Euro 2016, we'll, we'll not be too far away. Where Where's David Healy when you need him, Huh. <laughs> uh, I know, and that's my worry about whenever you know, the likes of Stephen Davis and, and John Evans do you hang up with bits just because of their experience alone, never mind their ability as well. But you know, that's what succession plan is. That's why you play like say, Daniel Ballard and you play your Ethan Galbraith. And You know, I, I had no qualms about that whenever we played them toward all them young boys in that last campaign group because you had play in your group and they're just phenomenal. They, you know, you're European champions, so um, yeah, so we still could have won time. that game, still could have won that game, yeah, yeah, still could have, yeah. So, yeah, 100%. Um, but, you know, it was, we're Northern Ireland, we always punch well, over we weight, no matter what. You sport. have to, the guys, the young guys have to get experience somewhere. That's and it. If good enough, yeah. you're old enough. is Yeah, you know, and, no. yeah, 100%, 100%. And, you know, I think we drew you at home day Bulgaria, and I think that sort of ended things. There, there was a draw in there, and I remember tweeting that, you might as well just do the young players now and get games and get them blooded yeah. in and <laughs> everything, and fair play to him, he's done that, so... Um, and yeah, I was very, very good in culinary, I thought, for the big two Derby as well. And I know we spoke past about the Irish League, saying he would look at players and stuff. And, and that's obviously been confirmed by Marshall with the stats now and Olsen. And the more players that, you know, we can get over the water, um, it's only going to boost the, the national team.
0: Marshall, we're just talking about internationals and we previously talked about the Irish League. I think you're based over in, in England yourself. But, I mean, um, do you get back to Northern Ireland much? And, and if you do, I mean... Do you have a club? Do you have a favourite Irish League club? Can we, can we reveal that, or do you have to
2: keep uh, very neutral on these things? Well, um, I suppose I'd be a fan. and Mallard fan, uh, <laughs> being from Fermanagh. And, uh, like I went over, I don't know if we were talking about Cliftonville, 79. And I think I've been—I've only ever been to three Irish Cup finals, and that was '79, uh, Cliftonville quarter time, and then uh, Bangorards in '93, and then when and Mallard uh, got there against Crusaders in 2019, we uh, headed over for that one as well. But um, yeah, like I, I, I go home all the time. Like I think I've missed—I haven't missed a game, uh, Northern Ireland game in Belfast since uh, April '96. Um, so I go over. Quite regular, um. That's, I think I've only missed three since I've been living uh, away in Northern Ireland since nineteen
0: eighty seven. That's, that's so, good going. What about in terms of following Northern Ireland? Then, do you have a favourite player or a favourite game that you look back on, Marshall?
2: There's been many, again like, and um, there's been many bad games as well. <laughs> <laughs> We've sat through, yeah, sat through some dross at Windsor Park in our day. But yeah, like, you know, yeah, but that's all about part and parcel of being a fan. Like, it doesn't matter whether it's Northern Ireland, Korea, and Cliftonville or Cliftonfield. You know, you, know you, you take the bad times. I'm Manchester United fan, so I have to take the bad times. So Johnny. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, We'll not not go down that road, but um, yeah, like I suppose one of my favourite games, everybody talks about England, but uh, to me the Spain game was one of my favourite games because, um, you know, we actually came from behind twice, and for David Healy to get a hat-trick was, for a Northern Ireland player to get a hat is immense, but to do it against uh, a top-ranked nation like Spain was just out of this world, you know, so... And I think that was has to stick in my mind. I think the games in Euro uh, 2016, uh, me and my son went to everyone. And, uh, you know, that was a tremendous experience. And just uh, the Ukraine, you know, sadly talking about Ukraine, but, you know, um, the Ukraine was, game. Was...
0: Yeah, I mean, I was just, again, just the other day, Gareth McCauley, and I was just remembering his header against the Ukraine and just what
2: has happened there just recently, just. That's horrendous. So it is like, you know, and uh, it just makes you think like, I was just thinking uh, weird things going through your head. Like when you're watching the coverage of that and we were sitting, you know, watching that game in Leon, Northern Ireland fans and Ukraine fans were there. And you're thinking how many of those Ukraine fans are actually fighting at the minute. And uh, you know, little things like that go through your head. But um, yeah. So like a, Getting back to the football, uh, that has to stand out in my memory as the Ukraine game. And um, you know, I think the singing uh, from the fans at uh, in Paris after we got beat one 0 by Germany. So you know, standing and singing for half an hour—that's a, a a thing. It'll last long in the memory as well. Like you know, so uh, yeah, there's been loads of highlights and. uh, you know, I just love going to watch Northern Ireland. Like, I'm going to, funny enough, you're talking about the schoolboy game. Um, and I'm going to watch the school international against England uh, up at Danny Blanchard Stadium because uh, I'm flying over in the 25th. Unfortunately, uh, the airline has just changed my flight last night and my flight doesn't get into the city airport to 20 past six, but I think a quick taxi ride over the road will get me there in time for kickoff at seven o'clock. <laughs> so yeah. I'll be able to see some of the young Coleraine uh, lads in action.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, think you're, I think you've also plans maybe to go and see the, the, the ladies as well in the summertime.
2: Well, because I, um, I'm going to watch all three games down here now and my son and wife are going to go as well. And uh, my son's a huge Northern Ireland fan now too, and hates England even though he's English, born and bred. Uh, But uh, you have have him well trained. Oh, he's he's been been going to Northern Ireland games since he's been eight years of age, like you know. And uh, but yeah, we're going to go to the uh, women's games down here. Thank, I was great that they're all based in Southampton, so uh, you know, travelling costs, you know, aren't going to be uh, an excuse for not to go. Uh, I still have to get tickets for the England game, mind you. But um,
0: yes, and. Of course, Kenny, a former guest on the podcast, and, and Lauren Wade as well, I think she was on as well. So, I mean, you, you'll, be, you'll be delighted to see them in at, 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 at action at Southampton and possibly going and doing something special this, this summer because, you know, you know, Kenny, Kenny, you know, what Kenny's like, he'll get the best out of whatever team he's coaching.
2: Well, yeah, I think, you know, they've gone leaps and bounds, uh, the women's team, the last two, three years. And uh, I've had to get more involved in uh, providing the stats and things for that now. And uh, I am trying, and I'd be in sort of contact with. You know, like Rachel Furness, Simone McGill, and uh, because I'll do a little piece for the Irish FA on a Monday morning. You know, a roundup of all the games or all the players, and uh, if they've done anything spectacular over the weekend. And I cover the uh, women's game as well. And you know, I'll you know text them and get an odd quote from uh, as well. You know, so I'm getting more into that and keeping an eye on how they're, you know, they're doing in England. And they had the recent tournament, friendly tournament over in Spain, and they've done really well there, especially the two-two draw with Switzerland. You know, so uh, oh, G- I G- think, G- it, I think Northern Ireland have sold the second biggest application next to England uh, for the Women's Euros this year. You know, so it just shows to- you, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I've got so many people saying, "You know, how big's your garden?" Uh, and <laughs> any, t- any chance we can pitch a tent up. Right? <laughs> so, Johnny, um, sh-
1: shall we go over, Johnny? Will we?
2: Hi, <laughs> Marshall. Thanks for the offer. There, we'll uh, we'll
1: bring a tent over. Uh, we'll not we'll not need breakfast around Sure, we'll just use. Well, that. I've
2: got I've got the bar behind me, so uh, <laughs> well, even, be, even better, even better.
1: Book, book, book
0: us in for the week. I think we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll put the bell in the. We'll Corey in, Corey in will pay the bell for us.
1: We'll be all right. Call,
0: yeah, let's call get the McAndrew. <laughs>
1: We'll, we'll do that with our 150 uh, percent attendance increase, local, we'll, we'll, uh, yes.
0: But, uh, I mean, Johnny, you, you're a Northern Ireland fan, and it's, it's, it's interesting to hear Marcel just reminiscing there because the Euros probably for you were that the highlight of your time following. Oh, that yeah,
1: that. yeah, um, yeah, unbelievable experience. I was I was lucky enough to go to the first game uh, against Poland, and yeah, whilst the result just obviously didn't go our way in the day? Um, just the example that, and everyone having the crack and a bit of a laugh, and the weather was unbelievable. And Nice is all the part of France as well, so unbelievable time away. And obviously as well, I think like yes, that's my always stands out. But my favourite away trip is actually San Marino away. I think we beat them two or three nil. No. Um, took a late, I took a late penalty. I think it was two nil, no, two or three nil. No. Um, Josh McGuinness I think, scored a penalty. And and yeah, like going there and just again we stayed in Romany in that way. And people you know, like San Marino stadiums, like how can I describe it it'd be like it'd be like a posh Rugby Avenue it'd be like Rugby Avenue but have two stands on either side and and yeah being to Switzerland as well and Norway and stuff they got there and yeah look they're great times away and they're unbelievable and I think as well with, with Covid and that there I think a lot of fans will be looking forward to, to getting away and and getting back to it, so hopefully I think Well, moment, it's good that you have them um, memories, Johnny, because as we
0: know, you're getting married in March, so that'll be the end of those trips
1: <laughs> I know, it was funny because I was chatting to Clemens, um at the match on Tuesday night, and he was saying that I think he was at a couple of games there, and his wife said she feels like a football widow, so I was <laughs> uh, I was chatting to, to, to Laura today, and she was like, yeah, I feel like a football widow as well, and I was just like, oh great, here we go, so um, uh,
0: and, that, and, that, and that's before your press conference tonight, your uh, match on
1: Friday your match on Tuesday, and your match on Sunday yeah, because I came home last night from the match and started typing up for about an hour. And she just rolled her eyes and then was up this morning from eight o'clock working for a couple of hours on the website as well. So um yeah, but no, listen, um she she takes it well to be fair there. Um need to say that I suppose and uh, yeah, she's yeah. She doesn't like football. Is it possible to get divorced before you get married? Is that possible? To be fair, like we you were chatting with us here as well, um, me and Laura were chatting with us the other day because somebody actually asked you, she, she liked football and i have taken her to two games and the first one was away to Crusaders and David Scullion or someone scored in a 90 plus five minute for, for an equaliser and somebody fell from the top of the way, stand to the bottom, so she remembers that and um, we played Glen Torn at home and Boise was playing for the Glens and everyone knew me and Boise they were good mates and uh, Laura knew that and Boysie was getting his usual nice um, welcome back to the showgrounds. Um, uh, Tom at him, and uh, Laura was like, I can't believe they saying that to him. That's a sin and stuff. So I think that was enough for her. She wasn't for, she was, don't think football was for Laura. It worked then. <laughs> it worked, yeah.
2: Uh, what, do, what you have to do, Johnny, is you have to make sure that you treat them right. Like, you know, because for my 30th wedding anniversary, um, I brought Paula to Rotterdam. And uh, she thought this, this is great, and it just so happened Northern Ireland were playing there. <laughs> and uh, but uh, we went for we went for five days. So um, uh, first three days we done a bit of sightseeing, and then once all the Northern Ireland fans came, like you know, for the final two days, that was brilliant. Yeah, um, very it good. Time.
1: I was. I had a I had an engagement party um, just before COVID hit, and I rocked in with the League Cup trophy, and just Laura's face just was was, was priceless. So, but no, look, she takes it well. You Know, but it's funny because when match of the day theme tune comes on, I'm not joking, Lord, I just go straight to bed soon. I'm as as you know so, nah. sure as a Man United fan, I would thought you don't watch too much matches. The no, there's, day. A lot of, there's a lot of fast forward going on, so there is, you know, there's a lot of I but I suppose, oh you sport, I suppose you sport leagues as well, you know, Damien. You're not really. I I haven't watched match of the day since about September,
2: <laughs> I haven't watched match of the day since 2010. Uh, but... <laughs>
0: Oh um, well we all have our stories to say guys but um well here we'll we'll wrap this up. I mean Marshall, just looking ahead Friday night, Tuesday, Sunday. I mean, just in terms of the League Cup final, we will just finish off with that maybe first time at a final here's been played on a Sunday. I mean that, that's quite a, a novel departure.
2: Yeah, I think um I think it's a good move. You know, and I think we're talking about the league and how it's progressed over the years. And I think the next step is, you know, to get even more fans through the turnstiles, we need to look at different ideas. So, you know, playing games on a Sunday, uh, is that a move forward? You know, should league games be played on a Sunday? Should we have more games on a Friday night? Because then if we do, uh, well, that'll give, you know, people who play uh, football on a Saturday, uh, afternoon. That will give them the chance to actually go and attend Irish League games. You know, so we have to look at the, if we're serious about looking at um increasing tenses. That's the way to go. Summer football as well. Like you know, is that should we be looking at? That? Personally, I would prefer we didn't. You know, because summer and winter in Northern Ireland is very little difference anyway. Um, you know, so I think we should just. But you know, going back to your point of uh, playing the game on a Sunday, yeah, it's a brave move, and I think one we should have taken a, a long time ago. And uh, hopefully, it works out well. And um, you know, maybe next season, uh, authorities can get together and clubs can get together, and we can look at actually having more games on a Sunday. I know it's yeah. we'll clashes Premier League, and you know, people will talk about it that way. But you know just going back to what you are saying, but, uh, you know, match a day, I would rather watch an Irish league game than sit and watch match a day, you know, because I think there's more excitement, Um, there's more passion, and, uh, you know, the grounds are, you know, majority times now, the grounds are getting full, and there's a great atmosphere, and it's, you know, it's just more real, no prima donnas in it, and uh, I've sort of fallen out of love with English football to a certain degree,
0: I think I think that's a
2: common thing, and and do you know
0: what? Just when you mention that, I know peers of mine would agree and say the same. And maybe it's no coincidence that attendances here are going up because maybe there are more people feeling the exact same way that they've had enough of English, particularly at the higher level in England, where mm. it seems to be all business, money, play acting, players moaning. It, it kind of does put you off a little bit, uh, Marshall, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, oh, definitely. Like, honestly, expense as well. Like, uh, I'm sure there's still a lot of people from Northern Ireland travel over regular to Celtic, Rangers, United, Liverpool, maybe even Leeds. Some of them, you know. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I think, you know, that's always going to happen. But uh, maybe it's, there's less people doing that now because, uh, you know, lockdown lack of finances, everything's going up in price, you know, so you just don't know. And uh, you're not getting a better deal than going to an Irish league game for 12 quid.
0: I know, Johnny. I mean, that's so true, isn't it? You know, you and I, I suppose, are, are confirmed supporters of the Irish league because of what we do as a living and stuff. But I think what I said there, more and more people are starting to find out that actually, as Marshall says, it's good value for £12. You go, and, and we notice it. Every week, it's the same people go and sit in the same seat in the stand, sit with the same people that they maybe only meet once a week at the match. And that sense of community,
1: it's hard to replicate. It's hard to get anywhere else it, for £12, isn't it? hundred percent. And we've mentioned that there, you know, so many times. that Irish League means a lot to people. It means a lot to me. I, I have a, you know, I couldn't think of not going to an Irish League match. Um, yeah, look, I love, you know, I, I, I you know, I watch the Premier League. You know, watch the the cup final between Chelsea and Liverpool last Sunday. I thought it was an unbelievable game of football for for an 0-0. Then you watch, you know, you know. I think people are scared are scared of competing against the Premier League. But would I rather watch Lauren against Lamfield or watch Brighton against Southampton? You know, would rather watch Larn against Lamfield You know, and the Irish League shouldn't be fearful of that. There, and I think going down the Sunday route is fantastic. I've mentioned that as as well. And I think you know why not try it. You know, who knows? You could get players that don't play. Jun- you know, junior football won't be on a Sunday so you can get play. you know, players in from in from that there. And and yeah, to go back to your point, the community aspect of, of going to watch your, your local team, you know, it's players that you'd you know, it's players that you'd meet down the town, it'd be players you'd meet, you know, in your employment. Be, you know, they're you Don't know, be saying in the bar, you know. Yeah, like you know, they're not driving, you know, Ferraris and you know, living in mansions, they're just ordinary people who just like me and you. And and that's why, you know, that's why I like it, you know, like the European Super League and everyone else, and players and Instagrams and all this nonsense. It's just far, to be honest, it really is about yeah. VAR scoring a goal and having to wait five minutes to see if a toenail's offside. All oh, it's just boring, it honestly is boring, it bores the life out of me. Um And, you know, if that's, you know, if VAR was the ever, any form of VAR was to come in the Irish League, I'd just like, oh, God, here we go again. um But, no, well, look, Irish League as well as you get your games that are absolutely terrible, you your games that are brilliant, but there'll be players that give 100% and, you know, and the players that, you know, you, you, you probably know their family or you know something to do with them or you know, their employer or something. It's just, you know, to me, it's a community aspect as well with the fans and people that you know. And it's weird because we actually spoke about this. We had a home game, I think it was, Last Tuesday night or something, me and you, we were chatting, it might have been the one point game, and and we were saying there's a cluster of guys in front of the press box sit in the exact same bloody seats (laughs) and like chat about the exact same thing. And, you know, and it's just crazy. And I think if that was ripped away from them or they didn't have that, you know, it's just a big part of our life. And the same for me and the same for us in the media side of things, you know, if we're away, we always meet up at half 12, we go down the road, we have a laugh, we always stop at Apple Green, get a coffee, go to the match for two o'clock. And then by the time the match is over, come down the road, we're either, there's either about three words spoken if we get beat and there's, there's a laugh or two if we win, you know, and that's, you know, I'd miss all that there. And, and I'm sure that's for seeing for all the guys going in the buses or the cars on the way down the matches as well. So, yeah, it means, means a lot of this. There's a lot to be said. The last word I'll say on Leeds is, at
0: least when they play, it's certainly not boring. That's one thing I can say. <laughs>
1: without <laughs> a
0: shadow of a doubt. So, well, here, you know, we'll, we'll finish it up now. And, Marshall, thank you very much for your time because I am sure mm-hmm. that you're you're uh, you're busy you're probably still trying to put your your facts and figures together for friday is there anything there that you can leave us with any little nugget there before you put it out are we uh,
2: <laughs> it'll be if josh carson plays it'll be his 200th uh, game in the irish league okay, good, on man. friday night on friday so, yeah Very Very he
1: would have about 250 if he wasn't suspended <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's a good. He's been a good servant. Now, let's be honest. He's been a. He's good probably
1: servant. he's probably played about ten positions there in those two hundred games. Mm-hmm. So so dependable, so reliable. Um, yeah,
0: great. Asset. I reckon he,
1: I reckon he'd do a good job of that if he was pressed into it as well. I think. Oh, crazy, think. crazy. Um, well, Marshall, I, I just want to say thanks very much for coming on as well. And, I'll definitely i definitely probably need problem. your help. So I think OEA is, it, what what you said off air? Was it 351 pounds, was it O.E. or something?
2: 56, 57. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you should know better than to challenge a statistician about numbers, John. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, you know
2: what I mean? R- um, mistake. Yeah, I'll not have them all in one night.
0: No, <laughs> exactly. Well, here, Mel Marshall, it's been, uh, it's been great to have a chat with you and a catch-up with you because a lot of people, Aware of who you are and know who you are and your stats and stuff. So it's actually good to hear from you, good to see you uh, and to get your thoughts on, on the Irish League and, and the particular, I suppose, Korean and, the, and their upcoming games. I mean, do you give them a chance at all in either of the, the, the cup games against the Reds?
2: I th- it's really hard to say, but you know, um, I think as ill uh, cliche is, like, you know, a cup final is a one off game. You know, it's whoever turns up on the night. And, um, you know, I think um, I was sneaking suspicion that uh, Cool Rea might actually do OK uh, Friday night. Uh, but I think if, the way you look at it, these games, if, if they get the upper hand Friday night, you can guarantee that Cliftonville will be wanting to get one up on them uh, in the League Cup final. So uh, maybe maybe it'd be fair to say there would be uh, one win each.
0: Uh, do you know what? See as supporters, the big question, the dilemma is which one would you rather win? Yeah.
2: Irish Cup, probably.
0: We'll just leave that we'll leave that hanging there, shall we? Here. Well, Marshall, thank you very much for your time. We will let you get back to your, your work. Um, just say thank you very much again. Johnny no, thanks for having us. Yeah, Yo, you're more than welcome, and we'll we'll chat again in the future. I have no doubt, um, Johnny. We
1: will uh, we will catch you later. In fact, I'll see you later on today. Yeah, I'll probably see you in about an hour's time. I'm I do not know about you, but I think I'm fed up looking at you, you now. And this <laughs> as well. I fed up looking
0: at me a long time ago, but that's another <laughs> story. So, Johnny, thank you, and cheers, Marshall, Jimmy. thank you very much, and all right, uh, to all the Korean supporters. Um, safe travels on Friday. We will see you there for the first of a. Uh, a busy 3-4 game series. Um, we hope that we get the positive result, which we can carry into the following week. Um, so as ever, best of luck to Oren and the boys. And as ever again, come on the Bandsiders.